What's up, photography chat peoples? Welcome to another episode here. Just gonna get uh, Peter on here. And hey, Steph, how's it going? Hope everyone's having a good week so far. There he is. Pete up here. Shout out to Brian Brooks for the sweet baby me t-shirt. What's up, man? Yo. You got a hat now. I like this. It's my, my favorite beard. hat. My beard is very warm, Steph. I do like <laughs> nice having like a beard, big beard back again. But like getting older is weird because I'm getting all of this like white in my, my beard now. Oh, my beard is totally going gray. It's totally going gray. It's brutal. It's it's so weird. It's yeah. just, just more and more all the time. I'm like, holy shit. You're old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I wish I could give you my beard, but I don't think it really quite works like that. No, just, no. Well, like, I mean, I've, I've definitely had like growth, <clears throat> serious growth. It kind of like, kind of just ebbs and flows. Like, the time. yeah, it is. So I, I shaved everything down this year, like bicked my head and immediately. Did you have like a mohawk for a while? No, I didn't do a mohawk. Um, I had like just a poof, like a green poof for a bit. I missed the green poof. That was fun. Um, what's up, Jeff? Holy shit. Geostrat is uh, the first band I ever played in nice. ever in my life was with, with Jeff. We we played in a, a band in our hometown, Kimberly, called Dempton. Uh, we were a ska, funk, punk band with bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> and... That was one of the most terrifying experiences I had tuning the <laughs> bass up to A to play with the bagpipes because um, it didn't feel like you should tune a bass that high. Like the string started making weird noise. And I'm just like, if this thing like pops a string, I just pictured like going to like stabbing my jugular or something and like dying. Or from... the neck just kind of collapsing. On its yeah. Own. <laughs> which... And it's wild because I, my bass guitar sits in my, my living room and, uh, it's wild to imagine that I bought that thing in like 1997 or 1998. And um, I think I've swiped on people on Tinder that like are around the same vintage. As that. It's also a good indication as to why your beard is going gray. Yeah. <laughs> oh, back, back in the nineties when I bought this base when I was like 20 years old. Yeah, dude, I was still in high school when I, when I bought that shit. So it, getting getting old is uh, is definitely been an interesting thing. So thank you jo for joining, Jeff. That that's cool. And we've got uh, Jen here from uh, from Texas. Thank you for joining, Jen and Brian. Brian and Missy Men, I love you, dude. Um, and Alize, thank you for joining. I wish I could go to Montreal soon to to, to see you. And uh, yeah, so thank you for joining us for episode ten. Sure, man. We've got. Uh, is it? Do you prefer Pete or Peter? I go by both. Okay. Um, so my, most of my friends call me Pete um, uh, or Pissy. That's an, that's an old nickname. That uh, Pissy? Pissy. Pissy Pete. <laughs> what? Like because grumpy or because... Um... Yeah, grumpy. Yeah. No, okay. not... Yeah. Not the ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> which, which has been uh, mistaken for that as well. But... Uh... That's fair. I'm not. I'm Sweet Pete now. I'm not Pissy Pete anymore. Oh yeah, Sweet Pete. If you ever need chain mail, anyone that's on here, you should follow Artless Heathen. Um, she has become a chain mail expert, 
and uh, you know she's she's very talented and also a fantastic artist. So awesome, definitely encourage following her. Um, so yeah, th thank you for joining for episode ten. Uh, Pete is a very interesting cat. Um, we talked virtually for the first time uh, earlier today, and we've been chatting a bunch on on the grams over the last few months. Um, and like a lot of my guests, we have a similar connection through a fantastic photographer, um, uh, Jason Lee. And, um, you know, outside of like your, your practice, which I would love to learn more about because the art of the large format or something that fascinate me. Um, one of the things I'm very curious about, and I know maybe a few other people are curious about too, is your, uh, cross country adventure in the, uh, the land yacht. <laughs> yeah so where do you want me to start you want to start right at the beginning like uh... yeah let's let's start let's start from the top and then also just, uh, I'll, I'll throw it out there to the people that are uh that are tuned in if you have any questions along the way or like you know if, if you um if there's something about like large format that you want to get in as a diversion please feel free to like jump in um you know i like to keep it interactive and i appreciate your uh your guys you know engagement with this and um like steph says more like sweet pea <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i mean from from the top like yeah uh, it I'm, i've been fascinated with like the whole idea of the link and even before um i knew that jason had one because i think i fell in love with that like sort of skateboard looking shape uh from gross point blank yeah totally i mean that's that's kind of what got me hooked on those cars anyway like i mean i sort of grew up in cars like this i graduated high school in 96 and i remember um it was probably it was actually my junior high prom like not that I was much of a prom person, but my dad actually drove me to my prom in my junior high prom uh, in like a 1986 Lincoln. It was nice. the same color as Jason, the old, the, the Lincoln, I should say. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, I've always had an affinity for Lincolns. It's always been like one of my bucket list cars. Um, a 63 Lincoln is like my bucket list car. That's like mm -hmm. the one that have like black on black hard top. Like that's the shit, but. Is that the one with the suicide doors? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got a homie that lives in Austin that he's got one of those black on black with the suicide doors. And yeah. Uh, I don't want a convertible. I just I want like the hard top. But yeah, he's he's got the hard top one. It's gorgeous. They are so sweet. I mean I've had I've had like fifties cars that like just glide, you know, like along the road and they're so sweet. But anyway, without you know, diverting too much. Um so the story with the Lincoln, so um, for those of you who don't know, like I do professional photography, but I also still assist uh, other photographers. So I was actually on, I, I sort of blame this other photographer, this guy Topher Cox, who I assist with every once in a while. Um, I was on one of his shoots and me and the Digitech were just chilling out because we were doing this biomed shoot and um, we weren't allowed into the lab. It was just like, it was, it was like a super high, high profile thing that they were doing. And um, we weren't allowed in. It was just like the photographer and one other person. There you go. <laughs> and so here we are, like the Digitech is just scrolling Instagram. I'm just scrolling Instagram. And I happen, you know, I follow Jason Lee and I have no association with Jason Lee other than this car or before that I had nothing. Um, but I just happened to see that he posted it for sale. And uh, I've always wanted one of those cars. And I was thinking like, how cool would it be to hop, you know, buy that thing and, do a road trip in it and kind of do the same thing, the photo road trip. And um, basically like, I just hit him up. Like I, I texted, I texted my girlfriend and I was just like, Hey, check this out. Like, 
like you want to burn some money we don't have and she's she her being the, the car her being the same sense of adventure that i have she was like yeah let's do it and uh she was psyched about she's a car person too so she was psyched about doing the car thing nice but, so you know i hit him up and i hit him you know hit him on his feed and hit him you know on his uh his email and uh, we started a dialogue and of course i lowballed him at first you know i gave him a quick little story and said hey you know like I'm a photographer, you know, maybe you can give to me for nothing and blah, 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 you know, kind of. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, we eventually, through a bunch of emails back and forth, like, agreed on a price. And um, basically, like, it was kind of like, you know, I was going after it with this chasing the story of the photo road trip and and being a steward of this car and the fact that it was Jason Lee's car and he did it with, the, you know, um, did the whole road trip thing with this. And the, like we were talking about earlier, there's a bunch of people involved. Yeah. And like how <laughs> this car is like, has this crazy but, legacy, which I was previously unaware of. Yeah. Like he drove it all over Texas for a plane view. Um, it's been all over Oklahoma for the Oklahoma series. Mm -hmm. That, um, you know, is, is yet to come out. Um, and the <laughs> other road trips, like uh, Armand knows a little bit of the history of it, but yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> basically you know it's like i hit him up and it's just like well let's let's do this and uh i wanted to get some photos of him and stuff and i and i asked him like you know it's like i need some photos of you with the car because it's kind of like a, a, without him it's just a 94 lincoln it's not there's no story behind the car so yeah he totally agreed and he said you know like i'll, I'll let you photograph me as long as it's on film obviously there's no issue for me so i i flew out there i actually flew out there um the plan was initially, it's kind of like it all screwed up, but initially, like, we, I was going to fly out. He was kind of, like, pressuring me to get, get it out of his driveway. And I yes. was, like, initially, I was, like, oh, man, like, you know, like, it's going to be tough to arrange. Um, but once I got to his house, I realized why. It's because he had a small driveway and a ton of cars. So, like, yeah. obviously, that's why he was wanted to get rid of it. But um, he uh, – I'm trying to think of, like, exactly how this went. So, yeah, so basically um, – my girlfriend does like horse events, like she judges horse events, not for a living, but just on the side. And um, <clears throat> she actually had one in LA on March 22nd. And so the plan was we were gonna fly out, grab the car and fly back and, or not, and drive it back, like leaving March 22nd. But um, he was he was like, dude, we gotta get rid of it. I gotta get this thing out of there. And I was like, I was like, I just didn't wanna put him out at all by like, at this point, cause it was like, you know, mid February I would have been sitting in this driveway for like another three weeks. Um, and I didn't want to put him out anymore. So, um, I just flew out for one day. I had a shoot on March 5th, uh, sorry, the 6th. So I flew out the 4th, drove like from the airport, went straight to his house and hung out with him and, you know, talked like we, we just, like hung out at his house, did a bunch of photos and I hopped in the car. I have a friend that lives in LA. We just drove, I drove to her house and I basically stayed at her house until, um well the idea was the 22nd but what happened was covid <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> that horrible six letter word or five letter word whatever the hell it is so um the uh so yeah it sat out there for you know i was like we were we were like on the we, we canceled our plane tickets like march 21st and we were planning on you know the plan was to go up the 22nd and uh, obviously her horse event got canceled so yeah the car just sat out there until mid-june and um we were like we gotta get this car back somehow and uh i'm like well what are we gonna do you know it's great you know it's we just assumed it was crazy out there and and um 
uh, I basically had three options. I could like arrange it with my friend that's out there and ship it out. Like just have my friend meet meet the tow truck guy guy and and just have her load it up and ship the thing back, or I just fly out and haul ass back in the thing. Or like we actually just do the trip and we said screw it, let's just do the trip. So you know, being like just super cautious, um, the plan was flew out. We stayed with her, uh, my friend, and for like one night, and then we just basically hit the road, like camping the whole way. Um, we stayed, in, we actually stayed in one hotel in Vegas, and it was totally because we screwed up on the scheduling, and we kind of like messed around too long in Joshua Tree. Oh but shit! We was just like, it ended up being like, you know, road trips are hard to plan, especially when you have to like um, schedule your nights. You know, like we actually had like like every night we had to be at a certain location um, because all the campgrounds are booked, which is really crazy. Like it was actually hard to find campgrounds that were not booked because that's what people were doing for their vacation. Like everything else was closed. So people were camping. Okay. So I had, a, I, you know, we got reservations for every, every night. And so it was kind of crazy because, um, the, I'm, trying to, I'm losing my train of thought. It's like the, tr basically it was like, um, the way that the way the trip ended up happening or the way it was it was panning out like the first few days we kind of just wanted to get up north um like up to like montana and so we we're just kind of basically like trucking through um all these like southern southern areas and we didn't really have a lot of time to spend there but we ended up really liking joshua tree and, and ended up screwing around way too long in joshua tree so we're here we are leaving joshua tree at like three o'clock in the afternoon and we have to get to basically lake mead in nevada um so anybody that's done that drive it's like 400 miles and so we realized yeah we, we realized pretty quickly that we weren't going to make it to the campground until like 11 o'clock and it was the only campground that was first come first serve and oh. um because it was like not state land but it was like a state state run campground it was just um it was just one of those you know one of those spots that you couldn't make reservations so we, we basically were like like we're gonna be screwed we're gonna roll up and, and we're gonna be sleeping in the car because we're not gonna really get a campground so um we basically while we're driving the girlfriend was on the phone like basically trying to find like the safest hotel and uh we ended up staying in vegas the, i thought like the safest hotel we knew like we knew of and um she had never been to vegas you know we had a whole plan of like pre-covid we had a whole plan of like staying in vegas yeah driving along doing the whole uh like the vegas strip and hanging out but obviously with that with that going on it was just um we, were just, kind of, we were just like passing through you know you do end up being able to go back to Vegas sometime. You really got to check out the Neon Museum. Yeah, that's definitely crazy. Like, I actually have friends that, that do Neon, which is really wild. Like, I photographed a shop one time. Oh, shit. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, they're super cool. It's, and that, it's almost like a super long story, but I know this guy. I know a guy who knows a guy, basically. And, um, and a friend of mine, through another friend of mine, ended up working for this guy who bought a Neon shop. I mean, it's just a super convoluted story, but... Um, Anyway, so the guy that knows a guy who own, now owns this neon shop, he's actually this um, the guy that collects neon. He has a giant. He's like pretty wealthy dude, and he's got this giant warehouse. It's full of old neon, and so of course, like, what's the next thing? Next step for him is like to buy a neon shop. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I got to photograph his shop. It's super super cool. Is that in Massachusetts? It, uh, yeah, it's right off, right in Boston, in Somerville, or just outside of Boston, in Somerville. Oh shit! Yeah, it's called Neon Williams. We'll have to talk more about that later. Yeah, definitely. 
That was fascinating. Whenever allowed back over the border. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so basically, I mean, back to the car trip. So yeah, um, yeah. So basically, we stayed stayed in a hotel in Vegas. Uh, we you know did the whole. You know, this was also pre like how people knew how they caught it, right? So it's like the con like the contact stuff was was um, still like they thought people caught it from touching it and and having it on the surfaces and stuff. Whereas now they they've learned that it's really through like your the air. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we rolled up to this ho this hotel and we like we, we got into the hotel and we spent like an hour like disinfecting everything, like every surface, you know, like we're just super nervous. Yeah. Right? I mean, like think about being like, getting sick on this trip. Like how horrible would that be? Oh, that would have been brutal. It would have been brutal. So, um, so yeah, like basically we started like the first the, the first night was Palm Springs and then the next night was Vegas and then the next night after that was Salt Lake City and then the next night after that was Montana and that's like uh, Yellowstone it was like just outside of Yellowstone on the west western side of Yellowstone that was like really where the trip started and then we kind of like meandered from there but it was pretty wild it was a lot of fun um, were you guys you basically just had like tent capping gear and four by five pretty much yeah and uh, even girlfriend had a film camera which was pretty badass like she had this old Canon like point and shoot thing and and she was doing that but like it's great like i brought so many cameras like i had my digital you know it's like i had my digital just to do some snapshots yeah um and then i had my twin lens my mamiya 3 c330 nice. and then i had my netar um the the little pocket medium format thing oh, and, it's like, and it's like every camera was like dedicated like the netar was all black and white 120 the mamiya c330 was all color 120 and then i had my um the uh what is it? The speed graphic. I don't even know what these things are called, but the speed graphic, you know, for handheld, that was all instant stuff. Like the instant back stayed on the back on that thing. And then I had my Linhoff. That was like all the four, the four by five stuff. And then um, my head, my eight by 10, because I actually left it in the car um, oh. because I didn't want to fly back with it. So yeah. I, that was still in the car. So I, I had my eight by 10 too. You know, I didn't do any shooting with it, but um, I saw that's how many cameras I had. I had like five cameras. It's pretty wild. You got to shoot eight by ten when you're with Jason. But that's what I did. I did his portraits on eight by ten. Nice. That's the way to do it. But that and I, had, I had it developed at that. I, I immediately drove to um, uh, what's that place? Um, oh crap! I forget the name of it. It was like a like um, one of the better film um, film spots in in LA. The one that he goes to. A freestyle. Uh, no, it's a lab, like a uh, film lab. Uh, what the hell's in Oh, um, I can't remember the name. I think it's the one that was in the R City video with uh, Extraordinary. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the name of, of that spot. But I, yeah, I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Uh, those guys are super great. Um, it's like Luna or something like that. Like, something, something I should, you know, it's like my memory is crap, but I should, I should remember this, but I don't. It's like I can remember something from 20 years ago, but I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. Uh, I, I get that too. It's I don't know, this year's been a weird year. So <laughs> when when you're on when you're on the trip, like what what was it like doing a road trip across the country in a in a pandemic and also shooting large format while you're doing that? <laughs> <laughs> well, the crazy thing is, it's like out in the middle of nowhere. It's like Trump country, you know. It's like it's like it didn't exist. It was like business as usual, like. Really? Honestly, we were the outliers wearing the masks. Like, 
we were in Cody, Wyoming, and we went, you know, we were basically, we had a cool, big cooler in the back, and we were like, we work on restaurants. Um, we just like stocked the trunk with, with stuff like provisions, and we had a cooler and, and all that crap. So we were just like eating, eating lunch on the road with like, you know, um, just like ham and cheese sandwiches kind of thing. And, uh, um, but yeah, we like went to stock up in like Cody, Wyoming, and like I think we were the only ones in the, sh- in the store. Like we went to Walmart, but like we we're the only ones in the store with a mask. It's literally a business as usual. Damn. That, yeah, one, that must have been so surreal after like, you know, living in places where it's like everyone's like masking up and being safe. And then you're just like in this bizarro land where people are like, COVID's a myth. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's, a hoax. it's a hoax. Yeah, no, it was a joke. It was, oh. a joke. It was like totally, it was totally messed, messed up. It was totally messed up. And like, you know, even when we went to Yellowstone, it was, um, well, not even before Yellowstone, like we were at like one of the, the camp, like prominent Yellowstone campgrounds in Montana. Maybe it was Idaho. I can't remember. Whatever. But the, um, it was like it was packed. Like there was like standing room only in this campground, and nobody was wearing masks. Like Holy the shit. people behind the counter, like they had masks, but doing the chin strap thing, they didn't have it over their face. You know, it was like it was like it didn't exist. It didn't exist. And, I mean, there's no wonder why they, like the the COVID is skyrocketing in in those in that part of the country now, but. And this was this was June time frame, right? Yeah, this is the end of June. June twentieth, I think, is when we set up. So yeah, you know, it's just like in terms of like shooting, it was like normal. <laughs> it was just like taking a drive, you know, it was pretty wild. Um the four by five stuff, I mean, that's sort of like my my fine art stuff on the side. It's always just me driving around anyway, just seeing something cool and pulling over. Um it was a little hard because I kinda like I'm the one that planned the trip. Uh, my girlfriend is usually the one that does a lot of the planning. She's really way better at it than I am. And it took yeah. me like two weeks to like sort all this out. Um, you know, and I, I kind of like scheduled like blocked off times like South Dakota. Like I want to spend a lot of time in South Dakota and uh, a lot of time in Iowa. Those are like the two states I really wanted to spend a lot of time in. And um, it was just like basically like pulling over, taking some shots, driving on to the next spot, pulling over, taking some shots, driving on next spot with a really loose agenda with the only agenda being we have to be at this place tonight by you know by evening and a lot of times we were rolling in at like eight o'clock or nine o'clock rolling into the campground because um you know i would waste a lot of time taking pictures that's fair yeah so it, what what was the draw to south dakota and iowa like why specifically spend more time there because um i actually hadn't spent much time there um oh. yeah so it's funny like i'd actually been been across the country a bunch i spent you know i've been in most of the states like i'd actually driven through iowa I'd been in Mon- montana and idaho before but never really spent any time there when i was really young i did a hike in montana like i was like in high school okay and uh, i did like did a hike across uh, glacier park in montana and um it's like a 10-day hike and that was like the but we you know the drive out and then the drive back so i mean i spent some time out there but never really spent a lot of time like as an adult out in that part i did a ton of hit a bunch of the southwest on multiple occasions but never never um never really with the agenda of just taking pictures and um just never really had the opportunity to spend a lot of time there like everything i've always been drawn to the southwest so it's like i, I wanted to kind of totally change it up <laughs> what is no, that? brian 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 brooks popped in and he he made he made this shirt with my face on it so it just, <laughs> is that so- you as a kid this is me as a kid in my dad's Volvo. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Man, that's cool. <laughs> so I, I've never I've never actually spent a lot of time in South Dakota or Iowa either. Um, well, really, because like think about it, what's what is there to see in South Dakota or Iowa? There ain't much, right? So like, what? There's no, there's no like touristy think... stuff to go to. But did you see anything interesting in the extra time that you spent there where you're like, wow, I'm glad that yeah. I spent time? Yeah, a ton of cool stuff. And, but it's just not like, it's not like Grand Canyon cool. You know what I mean? I've, I've never, I've never done the Grand Canyon. I've always wanted to go, but I did like Lake Mead. Lake Mead's pretty vast. I found Lake Mead really interesting, especially with like how crazy far down <laughs> the waterline is. And just that stark contrast between like where it used to be to where it is now, how it's like mm -hmm. all chalky white. Like I took a couple shots on my uh, Bronica of um, the lake with Ektar. Mm -hmm. I kind of fell in love with Ektar on that because like it would just it looks so good. Like that yacht club where it's like you could see where like the shoreline used to be and where the boats are now. Like that was wild. Yeah, yeah. And the Hoover Dam was kind of humbling. We yeah, so that, uh, that was also on the agenda, but we also didn't have time. You know, uh, that was like, I think that was like probably the biggest mistake of the trip was just spreading out the mileage. Like to do, like we really should have just hauled ass to like basically South Dakota, and spent all our time in South Dakota, Iowa. Like spent like a week, a solid week in South Dakota and Iowa, and then just hauled ass home. Like we just straight basically tried to spread it. I spread. I tried to spread it out too much. So it was like, we hauled ass basically to Montana. And then basically we were just kind of like, you know, okay, well this day we're doing 300 miles. The next day we're doing three, basically it was like 300 miles every day, but 300 miles is still a long way to drive. Yeah. Um, that's, that's like 600 some kilometers. That that's a, that's a fucking mighty track. Yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, in that, in that regard, I was a little bit off my, off the mark in terms of um, doing the, Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, I got a word. Oh, <laughs> sorry. No it's like, I keep getting these spam phone calls. It's crazy. Um, you know, political season, man. They they hound you. It's like brutal. Yeah, holy shit! I tried to watch a, a little bit of the vice presidential debate last night, and I had to turn it off because I was just like, Mike Pence is like an evil religious robot. <laughs> Yeah, he's he is like a robot. It's really strange. It's it was really creepy. Strange. It was just really creeping me out. It was just like he had like that slow dragging it out. Nothing actually means anything coming out of the face hole. It's like <laughs> sucking everyone's life out, you fucking monster. <laughs> totally. Oh my god, it was brutal. I started watching it. I was just like, I was done. Like I got, I got ten minutes in. I was like, I'm not doing this. Yeah, I think it was about like 10, 15 minutes for me. And I was like, no, I, I can't do it. And like even I avoided the the first one and then I caught like the last section of it. And then uh, I regretted that I tuned into it because I was like, oh, man, I just so anyways, back to the fun <laughs> stuff. So, what was what was your mem like most like when you think about the road trip, what was the part that was like, you know, your most favorite memorable part of the adventure? that's hard it's hard to say because it was just like i mean overall it was like it was super super cool just to be out there and like um and having no other no agenda other than just taking pictures what's like, uh, uh, what was your favorite picture that you took um 
you'd have to ask. Um, I don't even know, dude. I don't know. There were so many good ones. Um, I was I did some of my best work when I was out there. It was like really? unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, some of the you know the, the one of the things that was here's one of the things that was really hard about the COVID thing. Um, of all the things, like I did wanted to do a bunch of portraits because that's really what I do is like, I'm a portrait photographer, even though like the majority of my fine art stuff is landscapes or just crappy old architecture. Um, so like finding portraits was really hard. And the fact that you couldn't like just be super outgoing and talk to people, that was really hard. Um, even though people weren't, even though people weren't like, weren't like really believing that COVID was a thing, they sort of like, I think, the underlying theme was that there was there's a pandemic and they were not hanging out with people. Yeah. You know? Um, so that was really hard. There was definitely, I mean, I met some cool people, but at the same time, like it, it still felt rushed or stressed or um, it was just, it was just really hard in that. And, like I wanted to spend more time with people and it was really difficult um, just because like the COVID thing. Yeah, I, I was kind of curious about that because, like, I, I did a really short trip through the Midwest last year, like, through Oklahoma and part of Kansas, and I was a little bit blown away. Like, at first I was leery, like, not being a white person <laughs> driving through those, <laughs> the, those back roads, um, but I was surprised at how friendly the people were, and it kind of, like, I left that experience being like, fuck, I really want to go back with like a nice camera and just collect stories from these people and get a portrait from them and like compile like a, a book of like portraits and stories because um, man, some of these people had like fascinating stories that they were like so willing to share with strangers. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's coming from New England. Like I grew up around here. Like I, I'm from New Hampshire, but lived in Boston for, you know, 23 years now I'm back in New Hampshire, but you know, it's like people don't say hi to each other. Like if you're at the grocery store, like you, you just pass through and yeah, you know, it's like you're more apt to hear like a fuck off than you are a hello, you know, because like that's the Boston way. You know, it's like, can you, can you uh, do a fuck off with a Boston accent? <laughs> well, maybe at the end of the tequila, I will be able to. <laughs> um, but it's like, uh, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, yeah, like Boston, it's you know, it's. One of my favorite memes is uh, it's a picture of New York City, which is like the grid, and then a picture of Boston, like an overlay of a map of Boston, and it's yeah. like a spaghetti, and it says like, um, shit, I forget it, but it's basically like, in Boston, because fuck you, <laughs> you know, it's like, then nobody cares, it's like, <laughs> fuck off, you know, but it's, um, yeah, so I mean, it's totally different out there, and, and it's, I think it's some of it, some of it's a little shallow. I think that especially down south, like it's a shallow niceness. Like, yeah, like they'll like they'll be nice to you, but they don't really want to engage. But they're just doing it out of politeness. But I think in the like the southwest, people are actually totally willing to hang out and talk and and chill. Like it's totally different out there. Um, but like Texas, Oklahoma, like those places are awesome. Like, yeah, I kind of know. Like I've, I have a few Facebook friends now from like the Midwest trip that <laughs> kind of like that was interesting. That you know I have these like older older midwest people that message and chat me up every once in a while to be like it was great you know interacting with you and i'm like i ate at your diner one time and <laughs> like home you. So, <laughs> but um yeah so i was kind of curious like it, it, it's too bad that you weren't able to 
do some of that with this trip because COVID. Yeah, and also, so um, you, know, my girlfriend is high, she's pretty she kind of high risk too. Um, so she's she's just got some some kind of like I mean she's she's totally healthy, but she's like one of the people that has like the underlying issues that could put her, possibly put her in the hospital. So yeah, like immunocompromised um, kind of thing. Or what's that? Like uh, immunocompromised? No, not immunocompromised, but just like you know. I don't want to get into her medical history, but it's like, it's, yeah, but whatever. The point is, is that she's, she's high risk. And it's like, um, so we were just super nervous about that. It was also before we really knew that much about it, really. I mean, think about it. It was like pretty early on. Um, I mean, this is like, um, so I'm trying to think of like the timeline of, of COVID. It's like, like really the shit hit the fan at like the end of March, right? Like that's when, when things were really shutting down. Like Vegas, we basically canceled the trip when Vegas closed. And that was like March 21st. Like Vegas is like, yep, we're closing the doors. So we were like, okay, we're canceling the tickets. We're canceling the flights. So March 21st, so March, April, like, so yeah, the end of March, so let's not count March, but April, May, June. So you're three months in and people were still hoarding fucking toilet paper, right? Yeah. So it's like, we didn't really know what was going on back then. And now it's like, um, you know, people were a little bit more relaxed. Like, if you, as long as you wear your mask, you're fine. As long as you don't touch your face, you're fine. Um, you know, it's it's a lot more chill. And uh, so, I think doing it doing it again, we'd probably be a lot. I'd be a lot more apt to talk to people, or like, or seek people out. But but also the fact that we were like they were so callous about it back then, or you know, like out in the Midwest, they just didn't give a shit. Yeah, like that that kind of freaked us out. So we were like, we're gonna like we were convinced we were gonna catch it. We were we were absolutely convinced. We were like, but we, we just hoped that we just we hoped that you know when we caught it, it was late in the trip, so we were able to get home. That was yeah. really the, the plan. Like we got a COVID test right before we left, and we got a COVID test right when we got back, and we we're negative both times, thankfully. But um, you know, we wanted to just totally be sure that you know when we caught it, we was you know we didn't want to travel if we were positive, and we didn't want to um, we wanted to quarantine when we got home because we were trying to be safe. You know, we didn't want to spread this thing. Um, but yeah, like, um, I think, yeah, like, uh, yeah, Brian Brooks, he was talking about like, why couldn't you talk to folks? Like he, like, just to kind of extend on that, like, um, I mean, here's, I'm trying to think of like an exact, like an example. Like, so the, one of the times, like, it, it definitely, I did get some portraits out of the trip. Right. So we, I did actually talk to people, but, um, generally people were pretty apprehensive. And even though like they don't believe they didn't believe it, they were still pretty apprehensive. Um, we were in um, trying to think of what town it was. Like it was, I keep screwing it up. It's not Burlington. It's like I think it's a Bennington, South Dakota. Okay. Um, and there's a Bennington, Vermont. So I always screw it. Or there's a Bellington, Bennington, and a Burlington. Maybe it was Burlington, South Dakota. I, I always screwed up because it's, it was one of the town, one of the cities in in Vermont, and I, it's like one of the bees in Vermont. And I always just forget which one it was. But anyway, this tiny little town, it must have been, you know, it's like one of those towns you roll through and it's like population 15, right? Like it's that yes. small. So we're driving like these dirt roads and um, we roll up into this town and um, I park and I pull out the camera and I'm starting to take some pictures and people come up to talk to me and, and I was kind of like wanting to talk to them, but they didn't really seem to want to engage. And, um, but I went, you know, so I saw, but one, one farmer that didn't want his portrait taken, like he hung out and he's just like, Hey, what are you doing? Not in like a mean way, but he was just totally like, like checking me out. Like I'm standing there with a four by five on a tripod. So yeah. he's like, Hey, what are you up to? You know, like you don't see this very often. And I'm here I am with New Hampshire plates on an old Lincoln in this middle of nowhere <laughs> town, you know? So, uh, but 
you know, so he didn't want a portrait, but he introduced me to the, um, the lady that ran like the country store that we were parked at. And uh, <clears throat> so I went in there with a the mask on. I said, oh, I'm, you know, I'm wearing my mask. We're traveling through, you know, she's like, eh, we're not worried about that. <laughs> it was literally her response. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, like I literally just flew out from New Hampshire to California, drove across the country to get to South Dakota. And you're not worried about, you know, me delivering COVID to your little town? <laughs> you <know? laughs> I love Brian's response is very appropriate there. <laughs> I didn't see it alone. He's just like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, they're I nuts. Mean, they're nuts. There's so much potential for risk there because there's like, there's the flight from New Hampshire to California. There's all the time you spent in California and then all that time in Trenton. She's not, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we stayed with, you know, I stayed with a friend of mine and they're like, she's still going into the office, you know, and dealing with people here. Her husband is, he's like an electrician. And so he's like dealing with a team of people. Um, they have a roommate because they have a giant house in, in uh, just outside of Irvine. And it's like, they have a roommate just to like kind of share the mortgage. And uh, he's like this retired dude, but he's all out and about, you know? So it's like, we could have caught it from them. And then just like stocking up and stuff. We're going to this grocery store. Um, yeah, like we just got off the plane, going to the grocery store, like going to the Walmart to get like the cooler, all that crap. Um, it was just crazy. And you know, coming through Vegas, you know, like even going through Vegas, like we were like driving the strip in Vegas and maybe 20% of people were in the masks. Yeah. yeah. We, 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 they made us walk, you know, to get to the room, you have to, of course, walk through the casino. And maybe 20% of the people in the casino are wearing the masks. It's crazy. That's. that's... I mean, Brian's like population 15. Um, that would have been, <laughs> that would have been kind of hilarious if like, well, not, it would have been actually quite tragic if like, you know, you wiped out the town. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like if the like, contract, contact traced it back to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it was just like, everything was fine in Bennington until that damn Lincoln showed up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Leaving my mark. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a new legacy for the Lincoln of sorts. <laughs> exactly, spreading <laughs> spreading COVID across the country <laughs> via link via the Lincoln. <laughs> oh man, like it's it's such a weird. This has been such a weird year dealing with with just all, all the stuff. Um, I was having an interesting talk with a friend though. That's like a an archaeologist and like a historian of, of sorts and. Um, in, in their academic circles, what they've sort of come to is that um, this is year zero. This is sort <laughs> exactly. of like, this is, this is year zero. And this is sort of like the, we're transitioning from the, the world that we used to live in that is never coming back. So mm -hmm. all those people are like, oh, I can't wait for things to get normal. This is normal now. This is, this is. Yeah, no, because, you know, I mean, I definitely blame the administration for all the, the craziness, but it, it, exactly, it's just like, it's just, it's, I mean, I'm speechless, honestly, like how, how bad it is. And this yeah. isn't going away. I mean, this is going to be like, I mean, it's, it's so ingrained in our society at this point. It's, it's the new flu, you know, yeah, it's the, it's the new flu. And so we, we're like, this is year zero and next mm -hmm. year is going to be one AC. <laughs> exactly. And it'll yeah. be like one after COVID. And like one after COVID, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, just, 
Yeah, and, it's, and you know, it's like much like the flu. I mean, it's already, you know, they're saying now that you can catch it again because it, you know, obviously it's a, it's a virus, it fucking mutates. So, you know, we're going to be dealing with this forever. And it's going to be, maybe it's going to be less deadly in the future, hopefully, because maybe our bodies will acclimate it to, acclimate to it, similar to yes. we acclimated to the flu. But nonetheless, it's still like, it's insanity. Like, and so we're going to, you know, like we stocked up on masks. We're going to have, like, I'm going to be wearing a mask on, on a job for forever, you know, yeah. for, the, for the foreseeable future. Like, um, you know, like do the professional photography thing, like it's killed my business. It's killed it. I mean, it's, I sort of like made a comeback through some hops and like sort of transitioning, but you know, like I'm still doing, I'm doing sidewalk again, like totally outside of photography because I can't, so I can't support myself on photography anymore. And I mean, I was like, this is, this was my year. Like I was going to have a banner year, but thanks, thanks to fucking COVID um you know it's all in the toilet yeah no i mean I, I'm, not, I'm not i'm not trying to make a pity party it's just it is what it I don't is know. I'm, I'm not, i don't yeah. know i didn't think it was coming across as a pity party at all but it's just like it's it's interesting to to hear you share that because like you know this is not this is this is not like a you know single to you like i think this is a reality for uh, maybe several people that are listening right now and you know thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people oh that my god yeah people folks. lost their job lost their business i mean think about like you know so i mean to talk about one of the projects i'm doing which is like it's kind of like an eye-opening thing um in manchester new hampshire just north of me um it's the longest double dead end in the country it's called elm street i used to cruise it as a kid in my mustang 5 my 1982 mustang 5 or 81 whatever anyway my little muscle car and uh so I've been doing a uh, project on that, just photographing up and down the street. And when I, the first time I did it, you know, I'm walking down the street and it's like business closed, business closed, business closed. It's like closed permanently because of COVID. And it's like all these people are in the same boat that I'm in, you know, and it's like they just couldn't like how, like if you're a restaurant and you're struggling as it is, you, you know, I mean, you're not going to survive that. Like, how are you going to survive that? Well, yeah, it, it is interesting because like up here in Toronto, we just, you know, Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Brian's a bet. Yeah, I gotta like you know give mad love to Brian Brooks. Like you know, he's he's a fucking true gem. And uh, Underdog Film Labs, all the American peeps on here. Um, if you shoot thirty-five mil, if you shoot one twenty, if you shoot anything film, um, hit up Underdog Film Labs. It's Brian's lab. He's he's one of the the co-captains there. And uh, Brian, you do four by five. Everything. Oh, I forgot your smoke. Oh. Do you do four by five there, Brian? He'll, he'll catch up to in a sec. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it up in Toronto. It's been weird because like they just opened everything up, I like say like a month ago, and you know the economy is starting to roll again and everything. And then they sent kids back to school, and uh, then we started getting spikes. And we're, they've legitimately announced, like, we're in our second wave here. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. In Toronto and in, in Montreal. But we're in the second wave. They're not shutting anything down because they've just got everything opened back up again. The last thing that the government wants Thanks, to Brian. do I'll hook you up. Is, uh, is shut all the shit down. So it's, like, at a time where they want or well at a time where they should be like you know starting to lock us down again to avoid mass spikes like we're getting up towards of like 700 new cases a day in toronto right now um they're not doing it yet because they're just like let's just 
see if people could behave because we don't want to hurt the economy again. Um, so let's just, y'all just stop being dicks. Yeah. In, in yeah. COVID, that'd be great. You know, it's crazy. Like, so I have friends in New Zealand and um, I mean, that's a whole other story, but I, I was down there for like a month, a couple of years back. And a uh, good friend of mine that lived here now, lives, oh, he was, he's from there and he lived here for a little bit and I met him here and then he went, went back home. But um, I was hanging out with him down there and so I talk to them all the time about this and the way they handled it is obviously the way we should have handled it. They don't, they don't have COVID there anymore. Like there's like some weird little tiny little hotspots that pop up and it's all yes. because of people traveling that they're allowing in, like, like people coming home from some other places, but it's, it doesn't exist there anymore. I mean, they shut the border down and I mean, which is hard for like a small Island country like that to do, but um, they shut the border down and they literally gave everybody a monumental check. Like my buddy, uh, he's who runs a construction company. It's small. He's like three people under him. You know, he has like three guys that work for him. He got a check for something like seven or eight thousand dollars in New Zealand, and they said like, "Stock up and stay home. Don't go out. We're shutting everything down." And they shut everything down for like a month. Like you were allowed to go to the grocery store, but that was it. And the grocery store was yeah. open like short hours. They weren't letting people in. Uh, like they were only letting like like small amounts of people in at a time. So there was like lines outside, but like see, it's like equally spaced lines people were like being like you're infringing on my freedom blah blah, blah. you know everybody was wearing the mask doing their thing but you know what now they don't have freaking covid and their economy is back to normal <laughs> you know like the crazy thing is let, i'll say this and then let's get off this COVID thing <laughs> as much of a piece of shit that trump is he could have been a fucking hero if he just did the right thing like think about this like if he yeah i mean not a hero to us but you know what i mean like like yes. a hero, like like in terms of like he would have been a total martyr and that he would have like saved the United States from COVID, you know, like if he just did the right thing, shut everything down for the month and then like had everybody do the right thing instead of being like so obstinate and like anti-mask and everything like that. If he just said everybody like do the right thing and then all his idiot followers would do the right thing along with everybody else and then we probably wouldn't be in this situation. Well, but see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, th this guy has like the most proven track record of never being able to do the right thing even if the right someone could be like serve him the right thing in a platter it's like all you have to do is just pick this up and they could serve it to him as like the most hamburger like, in the world like here. if you take a bite read, out of this hamburger like read these words, read, these words yeah. read them read them exactly see this camera just, just look at the camera and read the words read the words and it's just, like it wouldn't happen no i, I mean i realize it. Uh, if if we were in an alternate universe and trump was actually a moderately normal human being which obviously that's not the case but if he was even like a, a one little iota of a, of a normal human being it probably would have gone a lot better <laughs> yeah it could have and this is it i don't know it bums me out because like so many people that i love and care about live on the other side of the border that i'm on and, um, you know, it, it sucks that I'm not able to see them, but it also sucks that, like, they have, well, you have an administration that honestly just doesn't give a shit about life in people. No, I know. I know. And it's funny, like, I mean, we could go on about politics forever. Yeah. But, you know, so, um, but they're like, but the whole pro-life thing, it's like, you know, I mean, they, they, they talk about pro-life and all this bullshit. But, like, okay, so I'm a woman. I'm a young girl. Say I'm 15 years old. I get knocked up. And I have this kid like, yes, I'm forced to have this baby 
now what? Like, there's no services to take care of me. I'm a 15 year old kid. Like, I can't like have a full time job. Um, you know, take care of this kid. Like, it doesn't happen. Like, and it's and, but and their response to that is, oh, you should you should have been you should have been practicing practicing abstinence. You shouldn't have had sex. Like, well, maybe like what what, what world that, do you live in? You know, maybe you shouldn't have wore that outfit you wore that night you went out. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, fuck. anyway, like that shit's just so bummer. Oh my god! Uh, Brian says that Underdog Labs does four by five, five by seven, eight by ten, and it's all with dip and dunk, which is yeah, like, that's awesome. I got a I got a bunch of color that I got to do. I don't develop my own color. I develop all my own black and white, but I don't do my own color. You um, should hit hit up Brian. Um, I will. You know they're they're super sweet. I Brian, if you're listening, uh, hit me up, message me, and then and I'll connect with you. Um, and yeah, but yeah, so. Back to the trip. So, um, what else is there to say about the trip? So, yeah, I, mean, I met some cool people. Like, like the guy um, of the few portraits that I did. Actually, there was like four or five portraits that I did, and um, I mean, some there was some pretty cool stories. Like, we were in. I was in um, Blackfoot, Idaho, which I got like several really good pictures of. Um, mm-hmm. So I saw this crazy old grain silo, and I pulled over, and I'm walking like. Girlfriend's just hanging out in the car because she didn't want to check it out. And so I'm walking out onto the street to take this picture of this grain silo. And I see this off in the distance, like this guy in this doorway, like this old loading dock. And it, like, I can already tell it's like this crazy old, like one story mill building, super cool looking, like debris and stuff outside of the door. And like these old painted numbers, like on the door, super cool. It's like, I already knew. I was like, man, like I, if, even before I saw the, saw the, the dude in the doorway, I was like, I want to get a photo of that doorway too, because it's a super cool doorway. Yeah. Um, so, but there was this crazy big white dog and this dog is like, and this is probably like, the dog is like 200 yards away, like really far. And it's like, I could hear him like, rawr, 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 like screaming at me because I'm like kind of like walking into his eyesight. And then like the dog, guy comes out and like kind of talks to the dog and shows him out. And so I take my picture and I was like, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to see, I'm going to go check that out. You know, I'm going to go take a picture of that doorway and maybe like get that guy to come out. So I walk over there and the dog of course starts barking and the guy comes back out to see why the dog is barking. I'm like, Hey man, like, you were checking me out, like you like I'm over here, like doing doing my thing, like like um you know what, like do, do you mind talking to me, like you know I'll take a picture and do some stuff, some stuff, and the guy was like, well it wasn't me, it was my boss, it was actually looking at you earlier, um he's like yeah I'll go get him, he, that guy didn't want his picture taken, so the boss comes out and um he like we ended up having like an amazing conversation like 20 feet apart, <laughs> but but yeah. he was totally like him and his wife came out and like had this amazing conversation about what he does for work and um he owns this crazy um it's actually like a a a seed cleaning factory like like he does like um these trying to like remember what exactly what it was basically he grows or like maintains these like and like these seeds to replant like the the grassland in, in like south dakota and idaho and stuff like all these like original grasses that no longer exist like he's in the process of like reseeding with like original grasses from like like he says, yeah, I have seeds that are like 120 years old, and I'm like reseeding the, reseeding like Idaho with like this this wide open land, and it's it's called Grim Seed Seed Factory. It's like super cool, but it's like, he's like, you know, hanging out and talking to me, and I got an amazing portrait of him. Like I got I shot off like five or six shots of this guy, you know, and it's like that was like a super fun time. I was like, this is, and I was psyched. This is my first portrait, and I was like. Like yeah, there's like like this is why I'm doing this. Like this is like this is the shit. You know, this is why I'm out here. It's like to hang out, take pictures, meet cool people. But basically, that was like the last, not the last time, but it was like 
every other interaction with that was like every other inter interaction after that wasn't quite as good. Um, okay. Oddly, like while I was in Montana, we were in um, Bozeman, um, Livingston, Montana, and uh, we were just walking around. I just had my Mamiya on there. I didn't have the 4x5. And I met this, I started petting this dog that was hanging outside this pizza shop that was getting like, not a pizza shop, but this Italian place that was getting uh, renovated. And um, I'm like hanging out, petting the dog. And this guy comes out and was like, yeah, man, I like, like, you know, like, this is what I'm doing. This is what we're doing. Tell him the story of driving this car back. And then the guy comes out that runs, it's like renovating the shop. And I'm talking to him and I ended up taking his portrait because he was like the main dude of the, of the restaurant that he's, he's building. Crazy thing is, he's a good friend, like a really good friend of a good friend of mine who lives in Boston, who used to live in Montana. Whoa. Yeah, like I was totally, I was on the phone talking, telling my buddy about the trip, and I was like, yeah, I took this this photo of this really cool guy that was opening an Italian place in in uh, Livingston. He's like, oh, really? I was like, I, a good friend of mine is opening a restaurant in Livingston. Is like, and I was like, hold, hold, please. And I pulled up a picture and I said to him, I was like, is this the dude? I was like, he's like, holy shit, that's my friend. <laughs> it's just totally crazy. Like such a small world, and uh, it's it's super wild. The the world is really small. Like that's one thing that I've definitely noticed with like traveling and um, interacting more with people on like Instagram and stuff is just how tiny the world really is. Oh yeah. Like meeting people and navigating things, <laughs> it's it's been a hell of an experience because it's just like yeah. When I grew up in a really small town, well, a smallish town, like I think it was like 4,500 people. Um, and getting out of there, I thought like you know, Vancouver was like a monumental. So, oh my God, this is like super overwhelming. And then as like, as I started traveling, I'm like, the world's actually tiny. <laughs> it's really tiny. I, I, my craziest small world story. I mean, this is like super, not intense, but it's just really crazy. And it's not even like super, super crazy, but it's it's pretty crazy. So... Um, when I was out in New Zealand, uh, we went on a, like, all I did was ride, like drink beer and ride motorcycles. That's all we did. And my buddy had to go back to work. He took like two weeks off to hang out with me and then he had to go back to work. But he basically just gave me the keys to his bike and he's like, yeah, man, have at it. And so I drove, he lives in Auckland and he, I drove way out to check out this black, one of the black sand beaches. And, um, I'm totally lost because of course, like my GPS doesn't really work very well. Like I'm limited on data. And so it's like, and the roads are like, it looks a totally like a maze out there. And um, like, no, they, it all looks the same. It's impossible to find your way around there. So yeah. I'm close to the beach, but I still can't find it. So I'm on his bike and he's like a chopper guy. And the bike is like super loud. And it's like, blah, 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 you know? And I'm like trying to like look at my phone and uh, I, I, I'm like, fuck, I can't figure this out. So I shut, shut the bike off and I'm trying to like figure this out. And I hear like up in the, like I'm parked next to this huge cliff. It's just all green. And I could see this kind of like a porch up there, like, but like you can't really see a house or you just sort of see the porch to the trees. And you're like, hey man, hey, you lost? And I'm like, yeah, I'm totally, I'm, I'm trying to get to, uh, I forget where, like what beach it was, like Pihot Beach or something like that. And um, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to get, he's like, hi, you from America? And I was like, he's like, yeah, yeah. Well, what part? I was like, at this point, I was still living in Mass. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm from Boston. I'm living in Boston. Oh, yeah, I lived in Boston. I was like, no way. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know where? Uh, well, there's like in Boston, there's a spot where the, you know, the Mass Pike is the main highway that goes from basically Boston out to West Mass. And it's like um, this turnpike that goes all the way out to, it's actually like, if I were to visit you in Toronto, I'd be on the pike almost the whole way. 
Yeah. Um, it turns into like it's I ninety, but in in Mass in Massachusetts it's called the Point. But he's like, yeah, yeah, you know this shopping mall? It's it's over the over the the Mass Pike. I was like, yeah, the Star Market. And he's like, yeah, he's live right next door to that. I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, I'm literally in the middle of nowhere. Like, this is like hyper rural, crazy rural. Like, no houses. He was like the only house. I happened to be parked next to his house. I still can't even, I never even saw the guy. I was just like, he was like yelling from like a hundred yards away from his porch. And um, he's like, yeah, I lived in Boston, blah, blah, blah. This is where I lived. And it's like really close to where I was living too at the time. It was like totally wild. <laughs> but that's my craziest small world story. Like the, that I would meet this guy that lived in Boston close to where I lived, current, where, was currently living in the middle of nowhere in New Zealand. Like literally the opposite side of the globe. Like, I was, you know, living here, and it's like here. <laughs> so crazy. That makes that was... a trip. Like to, oh man, I I love hearing stuff like that because it's just it's cool to like you know get out and travel, but then like have those like little things that happen that just like connect you back to home and stuff. Like, totally, totally. It's. I mean, yeah. that's... I was going through a lot. Oh yeah, it was like. Yeah. It was a, yeah, it was. It was kind of a rough time in my life, and it was just like it was a good. It was good to get away, and it was kind of nice to like have that that connection. Um, but yeah, man, like New Zealand, Jesus, like, I feel like the rest of my life, I'm just gonna be trying to get back there. I, I've never been, but I would love to, to go. It's, it's definitely on the list of like, places <laughs> to travel. Like, I mean, it's, um, when, whenever we're allowed to travel again, like I miss <laughs> exactly travel. Yeah. We were, we were, we were supposed to go back this year. 2020 was the year we we're going to go back to, uh, New Zealand, but, uh, obviously it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of shit didn't happen <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the big pause just like it, we it, just hit the pause button <laughs> that's it. It, it kind of is a big pause but i think like for for some of us it's a good time to like regroup and, and reset and come up with a new plan like you know it's definitely made me a lot more grateful for the community that i'm part of and that i have um even though i can't see most of them um you know it's been it's been a hell of a year, and I think, like, as frustrating and upsetting it has been, um, <laughs> I really think there there will be some good that can come from it um, if, if some of us can just stop being dinks to each other. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. I mean, it's, it's I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to look on the positive side, and, um, I mean, yeah, it's been, it's been really hard, like, like, you know, like, not having any money, and then, but yeah, at the same time, it's like, I did this amazing trip, you know, it's like, yeah. I sort of like was able to segue, like uh, it gave me the push to like get back into fine art and like get shooting. Like, I mean, I probably shot, I mean, I shot hundreds of shots of four by five, hundreds throughout like, this, this time. Dude, I can't wait to see those too. Like, I mean, yeah, you, you took this trip and like without that trip, without this time, I would have never met you or known, known who you are. So it's oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All this all this stuff is connected us and also like extending out into like, you know, things like the, the BLM movement and all of that. I don't think um, that type of act like um, activism, activism would have happened if we weren't siloed in our homes and paying attention and being enraged by something like this. So. Yeah. Because uh, you think about it, think about like, um, you know, if someone gets murdered by the cops, it's like, it's, you know, I think that it, you would definitely make the news, but there's so much other stuff going on that it would just kind of like yeah. get swept along into the news, the news feed, and the next, the next big thing would have happened. But because there was nothing going on, 
um, they were scratching, they were scratching to find stories. And that's why like, exactly. The George and Floyd thing like blew up and it's like, everybody the, the was George paying did. attention. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's amazing that we actually like took the time to pay attention. Like this is, this is the shit that's actually happening in our country. Exactly. But we have 10 seconds left and I want to say thank you so much for, for joining me, uh, especially as things started to get really heated there. I love all you guys and uh, I'm looking forward to next. Thank you so much, Pete. Thank Good you. Thing. so much. I have fun. Thank you for tuning in too.